describe yourself as a poet as well? Um, I do when it suits me and it depends who's in the room. That's what I think makes that piece of marketing from them memorable, you know, and, and is shareable and is, oh, look at this. Well, you know, it, all right, it isn't a cat playing a piano. And again, that's another massive thing in marketing. If you can show effort has gone into winning a, a piece of business, yeah. then that nine times out of ten is what a customer needs to want to see. Perfect. No, no, that's right. That's right. It's it's an awful disease, as you know, them firsthand. And so it's, it's a real privilege. It really is you know, to spend some time in, in the room with the on this week's episode of The Engaging Marketeer, I am speaking with Gareth Williams, the rhymologist. The what? The, the rhyme what? That's right. Rhymeologist. Rhymology. It's a thing, apparently, where he will help businesses with their marketing by creating lyrical marketing about them. Essentially, poetry for your business. Let's see how he does that, how he applies that to businesses, and also some of the fantastic charity work that Gareth does with his rhymology. You describe yourself as a rhymologist. I do. You do. And what the hell is that, and how does one become a rhymologist? Rhymologist is basically when you watch too much television and you realise that BT had a fantastic advert maybe 15 years ago, where if you recall it, is uh, I think the grandson of a gra- of, of a grandmother rings up and says I didn't do very well in my exams I only got an ology, um, and his grandmother says if you recall it oh what you're on about Matthew anyone with an ology must be clever mm. um, so you're when, a when, scientist when, you got an ology you're, you're a scientist <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah exactly so rhymeology is my um, branded way of talking about spoken word poetry and lyrical marketing which we'll come to throughout this fantastic conversation and just trying to come up with a different spin of what actually poetry is these days without people just rolling their eyes back and thinking, oh, no, mm. what will let me myself into here? You know, I need to reverse slowly from this guy. I don't want to speak to him. Um, <laughs> so rhymology hopefully is a more engaging way of, of, of opening a conversation about marketing. Mm. And did you describe yourself as a poet as well? Um, I do when it suits me, and it depends who's in the room, to be quite <laughs> honest. And it's a divisive word in many respects because... Working with businesses and organisations, um, as I do, um, the word lyrical marketing, for example, has a lot more credence and a little bit more mystery because it is just benign. Well, I won't say, I won't say bullshit because you can't say bullshit. Oh, there we go. I just did. It's benign bullshit in many respects. You so, say bullshit. You want to say bullshit? You we just fly, did. It's just it been out, out, out there. Let, let it rip. Let it rip. It's out there. Yeah. So you know as well as I do in marketing, you, it's about trying to come up with something that's going to be a talking point. And when I talk about lyrical marketing, the first thing that out of people's mouth is, what is that? If I say poetry, they've already assumed what it is and want to go and get another sausage or another biscuit or do anything other than perhaps speak to a poet. Mm. Um but the reason why poetry, it is a form of poetry, and I, I don't shy away from that. I'm not, um, you know, it's not, it's just understanding the market you're speaking to, like many respects, you know, like in anything that you do. Um, it's trying to understand the right audience. So when I'm speaking to uh, town councils and um, businesses or, or, or organisations where I think, look, poetry is just going to be what they need here. They don't need any benign bullshit about marketing. They just want to know I can do a spoken word piece. And there's another word in the lexicon of, of, of poetry, you know, spoken word, spoken poetry, word. lyrical marketing. You know, there are so many different ways of describing the same art form, which ultimately is what it is, isn't it? You know, um, and, and yeah, I'm, it's it's an interesting way in. Mm. So so how did you get into that? Because most poets, from, from what I understand, are pretty much penniless. 
because they're, they're artists and they, they believe in the purity of the art form and applying that to business would be against essentially what poetry is all about. Yes. So how, how did you start in this? So really key question that mate. So so oh, thank I you. I do, been... I do try. I do try. You do. You do. You do. You do. Uh, you try very hard. Too hard. Some people might say. Actually, uh, it's obvious and evident to many. Um, basically, um, with another business I run, which we'll come to, I'm sure. Um, basically, poetry is another form of of copy, isn't it? It's another form of written marketing or written word or written form. So basically, 18 years ago when I started another business, I've always been involved with the fascination of words and how you can use them to ultimately get a message across to a, to a customer in, 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 that, in that world of business. But only three or four years ago when COVID kicked in, did I start to really use some of those skills, talents, I don't know, pull it what you want, boredom in many respects, to try and come up with something, to say something that was different about COVID. And there's a lot of, you know, as we know, a lot, a lot of different ways to do that at the time. Um, and really did it in a slightly different way in, t- in coming up with these rhyming poetry couplets and then going out on the streets with an iPhone and just filming them walking around the, the, the streets of Grunantich at the time. Um, and that really started to get me some following, really, some likes, some comments and shares and so on. So I started to say to myself, right, OK, I'll do a few more of these and I enjoyed doing it. <clears throat> and um, moving through the gears a little bit, it wasn't long before then I started to get commissioned it was picked up by Cheshire East Council, and they picked up on the, the notion of, of getting across this message in a different style, um, which really has elevated why I'm speaking to you today, Darren, and why we've worked together as we have, as we'll come to, I'm sure, and why I'm so keen to really take that form of poetry and make it more into advertising, which is what it really is. So my, my customers really see me in one of two ways, ultimately, a poetry form, or can you write me an advert, a piece of marketing, that is going to help sell, promote, celebrate something about our business. Um, and that really is as simple as that gets, really. Mm. So when you you speak to a business that's interested in in what you do, how do you get to from the initial conversation with them to a, to a poem uh, promoting them? And are there any businesses or people, in fact, that you've spoken to where that just isn't possible? Um. Well, there's certainly anything we, that, that's new, you know, there's, there's laggards isn't there, isn't, and people who are quite, perhaps new to try and understand it. When I talk about lyrical marketing, because it is a, a, a different form of, of an old art form, there is ultimately, again, two different ways people perceive it. One is, wow, that's really creative way of trying to get a message across. And I'd love to do something with you. Or ultimately, and it just happens, that some people just don't get it. The, well, it's not my art form. I wouldn't like to, to, to I don't see the benefits abusing rhyming particularly maybe on their videos on their website to, to promote a message or or to celebrate something so like with anything it's trying to find the crowd you can lean into and work work with that crowd really um you know i i think it's such a, a fascinating way of trying to get a message across um, and, and, and again we'll talk about during this conversation the different types of commissions i've had to do to, to speak about and promote and celebrate almost anything is endless. You know, whether it be the NHS, you know, one of the latest ones I'm working with for the 75 years of the NHS, working with Manchester hospitals, right through to cakes, you know, for a small cake store early on in this process of just trying to get a, a small business just to say something different and thank their customer base in a very small, almost like a card, really, like a card you get from Hallmarks or Clinton's or insert brand here you know um that type of more cheesy 
I guess, uh, rhyming couplet. But, you know, trying to take a, a heavy message, um, like some of the work with the charities, and do it in a, a really subtle but sensitive way <clears throat> is um, is really where I found the joy, really. And when people come up to me afterwards and, and, and say to me, I, I'm so close to my business or my organisation, I didn't see what you could see. I didn't see it like that. And you get that probably, I guess, all the time, Darren, really, in what you do. When building websites, people must, they can't give you the copy and the content that you know you'd be better writing in some cases, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that, 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 that's very true because most people, they, they know their business inside out. Mm-hmm. They know, you know, how to run their business. They know the reason they started their business. But what they don't often know is how to promote their business and use the language to describe their business to their potential target clients because they're not their own target client. Yes, correct. So how do you how do you do that? How do you get the information that you need out of a client that comes to work with you to create a piece of lyrical marketing? Yeah, no, again, really good question. So it's 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 fairly simple as perhaps as you'd expect. I'd go to a website and hoping that let's say someone of your caliber had written something that was up to date and relevant and had all these lovely uh, trigger points and action key calls to, to action and so on. But I would look at any research that, that that's available, really. So take an NHS one, for example. But clearly, there's a lot been written about the NHS, clearly. And there's a lot of information around at the moment about the 75 years and, and the, you know, the celebration on the 5th of July. So I would have a, a Zoom call, a Teams call, a meeting, face-to-face, whatever it would be, with the client to say, right, what are the outcomes? Who Who is the audience? Let's start with that. What are you going to do with this piece of lyrical marketing at the end of it? Is it going to go on the wall? Is it going to go on a TV? Is it going to go on a website and so on? And find out how we can, you know, use it later. And then really go about asking them questions and um, a, a work sheet that I've created that just basically takes them through that Q and A. Really, you know, um, based on the outcomes and based on what they want to say about themselves. And, and how do you yourself do <clears throat> the creative aspect of it? How? how does... It's kind of asking some impossible question here, but how do you create poetry? No, again, it, it, it's um, I take the information I've got and then I basically would sit down, do sit down, and I just kind of, it feels like, I feel sometimes like John Coffey from that fantastic film, you know, The uh, the Green Mile, and Green Mile. Of, where you just take in, all right, in this case, the pain of the world and so on. And But, but, but I do feel as well, I know it sounds really strange, but when I have a commission, when I sit down, it just kind of naturally, ideas start to flow. I start to then think about from, from a different angle. You know, I talk about that quite a lot in trying to pick up on another commission, for example, to maybe answer this better, was one for Cheshire East, where they had a building that they'd refurbished and spent about three million quid on, and they commissioned me to write a poem about this this work. So so I called the poem This Floor and written wrote about this building from the perspective of the floor and what that had seen in nearly 200 200 years of being a market hall and kind of narrated this story about how it had been, you know, a corn market right through to a a busy, bustling kind of uh, hip market these days. You know, one that's been, it's got food courts in it and a bar and music, live music and all that kind of stuff. It looked great. Um, But just see it from the floor's point of view and, and just basically, yeah, just take some, you just plug yourself into something. I don't know what it is, the ether. Plug yourself into just, just some kind of vein that just kind of brings these ideas to a fore. And most of the time, as again with your own poem that we, you know, helped create for your uh, fantastic celebrations a few weeks back, is try and see what you want to try and say in that different style and in a different way. And one that ultimately is no longer than between two and three minutes, certainly 
shorter the better most cases um to entertain and to and to give some you know information or you know edge what do they call that edu edutainment edutainment thank you quite right yeah 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 so when when you when you create the, the 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 poem the piece the lyrical marketing um do you go through uh, an iteration of changes with the client or is it a case of this is my art this needs to be the way it How is dare you change don't my you work. dare change it yeah no no quite right it's it's always a collaborative process 100% so um i always write the draft that, that i'm happy with i then leave it a day or so i go back to it just see if it's right do i need to change anything um, and then I go back to the client, um, you know, and, and, and get and gain some feedback more more often than not, you know. Um, I know with your own, I think it was a, it was good of you, I suppose, a high degree of trust, I guess, to say, okay, that this is, and I think I may have shown it you from memory a day or two before, but I don't think there was much in there that we needed to alter. No. Um, and so, so yeah, but I, I do obviously um, ask for that feedback because it's you know, vital, just like again you would with a website. You'd never put one live before there happy with you know what what you said mm. and uh, as anyone that's a, a big fan of poetry will know there's a there's a world apart between the poem being written and the poem being performed 100 percent. so 100%. you don't just write the poem down it is actually performed as well so right yeah write the theme tune sing the theme tune to, to <laughs> this quote mr david walliams and <laughs> and co so, so you actually perform this yourself, or d does anyone else ever perform these poems for you, or is it always you? No, 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 t totally. It, it started off, as I say, with me on writing them and then going around the streets with, with the mobile phone book. But now, very, very, very much want to collaborate more and more with clients and customers and videographers like the fantastic Michael and and, and others as well that I work with to, to really get the customers and the clients to say a line each or get their key stakeholders involved their employees, their supporters, if it was a club, and so on. To And I've done that a few times now. And that really, really is successful in, in writing the poem and then getting other people to really buy into it, you know. Mm. Um, I, 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 I get quite a lot of fantastic feedback, which I really appreciate, that say from clients, look, I really like the way you can say it, you know, your performance, the way you like this northern kind of voice I've got, you know, being from crew. I'm neither Manchester, not Stoke, not Liverpool. It's a strange place, really, Cheshire, I guess, to be from in many respects. You either speak like you are from, um, I suppose, Nutsford to just stereotype for a second, you know, or, or, or so I don't know. It's just a quite a northern wit, I guess, or a northern voice that I tend to um, be blessed with, I guess, which most people, it doesn't irk them. Um, but I totally appreciate that, that my voice, this ginger beard and a bald hair, head doesn't isn't everyone's cup of tea and i definitely want them to own it more by getting them involved in the process mm. it, it's a face for guess who really isn't it it is it totally is <laughs> it is you're quite right does yeah, he have I've a got... beard yes does he have a bald <laughs> head yes <laughs> <laughs> so, if, yeah. I'm, if, I, if i'm done insulting you um obviously one of the most important parts the most important thing about marketing is the results it is so when you write the poem and you perform it, uh, how do the clients benefit from it? What actionable benefit do they get? Yeah, that's that's really key as well. And I always talk about that with the clients. Most of these, I always write the poetry. I then would always film it. Let's just get that said. So these, the, the form that people see this in is usually a video, unless they're there, as you say, to see it being performed. 
Um, so they're, they're the outcome, the first key outcome is it's a video. So the second thing is, if that's, let's say, 90 seconds long, then that is sent over to the client in whatever format, you know, we transfer or whatever. They then start to place that on their social media. And then what would happen there, which is really key, which is where I really love to see the feedback, is because it's a rhyming piece of spoken word, that what I hear more often than not is that, and especially if it's short, you know, 60, 90 seconds, that the, the runtime and the fact that that gets watched is more likely because it is, oh, what's he going to rhyme with that? What's he going to rhyme with that? And before you know it, you've, gone, you've done 67 seconds and it's finished. So what I hear from clients an awful lot is that they first hear the poem, the spoken word, the lyrical marketing, and then they listen to it. Their clients, you know, they're, they're, they're at the audience. Um, and that really is, you know, tested feedback that I've, you know, I've gained. Because of the novelty, if you like, I talk about making marketing memorable because of that novelty of, oh, what's this about? And especially, again, if you've got clients who say a line each, so it's changing every few seconds with someone else saying it. And again, if it's particularly short piece, uh, just like maybe your DNR, you know, keep it within 60 seconds and, and, and you're good. So it's that element that, that, that really, really brings about a lot of, again, positive uh, client feedback or comments on their site. I did one for a garage, for example, over in Landidno. Uh, Landedno Junction, and it wasn't a day after I'd written this maybe 70-second poem to camera, just me, with all the cars in the background, as an example of one of the styles, and he already sold two cars within 72 hours, because he put that on his social media, such a big following, which of course always helps, you know, um, and yeah, that was just in the first two days, it's since, you know, he's, he's sold a few more since, uh, and he's, you know, got a testimonial to that fact as well, he's, um, he passed me on to somebody else, who I've just written for, um, and he is equally as keen to to make sure he gets the same feedback, really. And I'm confident he will. Wow, that, that, that's instant results, isn't it? It um, is. I wouldn't have naturally assumed a a car dealership would be the the kind of business that would associate itself with poetry, because most people's perception of car dealers, with no disrespect to any car dealers listening, is a little bit of a shark. Yeah. A little bit, you know, the sleazy car salesman image. Yet you've managed to make poetry out of that and make it something that people want to pay attention to. Correct. Yeah, no, and that's really a good observation as well. It is key, and that's where I like to to work with businesses where they do have a perceived difficult message to get across. You know, your archetypal solicitors or accountants, different reasons are seen in a certain light. Um, you know, there's loads of different examples of people that I've worked with with whether it's even town councils where, you know, most of their stuff would get maybe drowned out by, you know, corporate and, and, and not seen as interesting. And that's really the quirkiness, really, where you take an art form that you wouldn't expect and a car dealership and try and get a positive message from what you're trying to say. And again, that's what I think makes that piece of marketing from them memorable, you know, and, and is shareable and is, oh, look at this. Well, you know, it, all right, it isn't a cat playing a piano and it isn't a monkey, you know, <laughs> or do whatever else you want to watch on YouTube. Um, we'd all like to have the uh, the following that Mr. Beast has got, and, <laughs> you know, who can touch a plane for the longest, which is, you know, um, there's a poem in there somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a really just interesting art form and a really, really different way, I think, I don't know, I, I would say this, but a different way for businesses to, to really say something different about themselves in either a heartfelt way that allows them to in the spoken word piece and, and allows their team members to play a part in that. You know, I think that's really, really key. How how different is it creating um, lyrical marketing for, say, a car dealership than for NHS? Uh, the same process, 
um, it's about the minute detail. It's always about the detail. It's about the angle. I mean, I appreciate this is a podcast, but you'll see this, Darren. This is a piece of marketing I use, which has got a prism on it, and says, have you thought of another angle to promote your business? And I take you back to that poem about the floor and, and other ones I'll cite in a moment where I've, I, I, in the book, that is out everybody to buy, um, <laughs> stories of crew and dance, which there's a, there's a poem in there, uh, one of many that talks um, about crew bass, for example, which is just my memory of learning to swim. Like everyone have it there, you know, municipal uh, bass, wherever they are, and the teacher that was there. And But really what stuck in my mind, which is why it's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, is the roasting red hot chicken soup you get out of a really crap machine, which almost burnt your mouth off before you'd even touched it. And then you had to stir all the sludge-like ingredients at the box. It's just those small little bits of memories that ultimately makes the difference in all the poems that I write, whether it be about town centres, um, whether it be about cakes, whether it be about you know your own business and trying to understand the, the little details of your you know your your business's history and your team members and relating that back in some way to celebration that you held, you know. Mm. So you, you mentioned the book there. What, yes. What was, the, what was the name of the book? So this is called Stories of Crew and Nantwich. Stories, Stories of Crew and Nantwich. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, this is self-published, ISBN, um, ISBN number and so on. Got some lovely, lovely words from around the world. When I started to write the, um, the poems from people who early on on Facebook, ultimately, and, and social media were saying some lovely things about me. Um, Radio 4 broadcasters on the back of here have written with a BBC uh, presenter as well uh, another lady i've written some stuff for um so yeah this is available um in in some local bait local um bookshops to clean and twitch uh, always available if anyone did want a copy you can contact me direct i do need to make the state and step and put it on my website darren so there's a conversation to have there you do yes i do and I, I know that's an omission of mine um but yeah it's it is available and, it, and that's been a really really cathartic thing to do and the artwork is all local but the front cover for example is a lady from chester in fact the lady who does the vox magazine who you may know right. have you seen the vox magazine don't know yeah fantastic local magazine um yeah loads of local artists helped me um to to promote that book and do some artwork that illustrated the poems um one thing i'd like to pick up on that you spoke to a, a moment ago i think what with your impending comedy gig tonight you know, you're quite right. There's a massive difference between reading a joke and clearly being in front of an audience like you will be tonight and hearing one being performed. And it's exactly the same as that. And in many respects, I, I, I do often say, if not to myself, to others who will listen, that, that being a poet and doing what I do in spoken word is very, very much like a comedian in the sense that you have a set list, you have your work, your material. And in many respects, as you know only too well yourself, that particularly professional comedians they can go on world tours the big big ones the jimmy cars of the world and jason manford's and insert name here you know where they've got you know um material that needs to last them for let's say 12 months mm. but they're going to do the same stuff every night or every three nights somewhere in the world somewhere in the country so they could quite easily get bored of their own material but obviously their audience changes so they still need to have that same persona the same energy the same you know and i really do think that's really relevant to particularly live performances um, of the poetry and, and and how and that's the same of course for, for when it's filmed and it's on social media don't ever think that just because you filmed it that you shouldn't use that again you know two or three weeks down the line to to, to show a new audience what you're about and again I, I guess there's a lot of crossover there Darren between your day job at Engage about about how many times you should and could use in your case websites maybe a, a different page to promote yourself on how you'd 
mm. how you'd use that tool in a different way, a different audience, put it in front of different people at a different time, you know, just to see how the results vary. Do you know, I, I think that is a fabulous point there. Um, some people might be listening to this and thinking, oh, I like the idea of lyrical marketing. I like the idea of having a video done. But once it's done and I've put it out there, that's it. If I don't get the results from it, then ooh, I've spent money and it's not really worked. But you reuse it. You repurpose it. Just because you've seen it a hundred times doesn't mean that the customer that didn't spot it when you put it out first time is going to see it a hundred times. They haven't seen it at all. So you you put it out again and again and again. And I've got a really good example of this myself. I put out a post on um, a, a satire site that I run called the Chester Bugle about the Nokia 3310 uh, being found in the drawer after 20 years still with 70% battery. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever written. And I put it out, and it, it did nothing on, on the Chester Bugle. It had maybe five or six shares, and I thought, oh, that's definitely funnier than that. But that was a shit result. Put it out again two months later. Literally just shared the post on Facebook, and it went viral. It had over a million engagements on Facebook. Wow. And it went across Europe, went across the world with people reposting it, thinking it was a real news story. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. It's about timing. It's about the right person seeing it. Don't think yeah. that you put it out once and that's it. You put it out again and again and again. Reuse it, repurpose it. Yeah, no, totally. Results. Totally. No, that's a really good point. And it is. It, is, it echoes that. Um, and it isn't a vanity piece either for many businesses. It, it shouldn't be seen as that. Um, they, they, it really is a piece of material that, as you say, has, has got some real strength and, and depth and can say anything you want it to say. You know, um, I talk about particularly lyrical marketing. There's another link here that makes it more relevant. You know, I know like Mr. Elton John might be an old, um, an old timer really in many respects, a legend obviously, but an old, an old um, anchor that is anchor, anchor, a, anchor, anchor to, to, yeah. to make the point with. But he's him and Bernie Turpin, of course, are a really key example of someone who writes the music, someone who brought the words. And I liken that to the business who's got the music, that's got the culture, that's got the rhythm, it's got the pace, it's got what well, it's got, a, you know, the mojo doing what it's doing and what they need, whether you're speaking to yourself about all the fantastic words and the lyrics that you bring to a website or a copywriter or myself, you know, is a different way to bring those, that copy, that text to their business. Um, and I think that really just illustrates this, this idea of lyrical marketing, how you can use, you know, this, 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 this idea. And I, and I go one step further and say, it's just about trying to find the space in your business for lyrical marketing. So I look at, for example, it's easy to see how this might just be a vanity project, but I've delved right into it and said, okay, from the examples I've got, like, for example, the Chester-based business I'm working with Azure, a uh, very, very high-end luxury um, tour operator, fantastic business. I've done some stuff with them, working with them and the Jamaican Tourist Board. I know, who thought about it, eh? Where they had a, a tender that needed to go in, and they said, Gareth, I've seen your stuff, really like what you do. You've got about two weeks. Could you take our tender? And spin it around into something that really, that we can then put as a, a video link. And then when we get have to give it in at the eleventh hour, at the twelve o'clock or whatever date it was, um, they've got this video talk first that says what it needed to say. And yes, you've got all the price in there. Yes, you've got all the other things that your quote needed to say. But I had some fantastic feedback earlier this week to say, and she was being very kind, I'm sure. But she said that the feedback they had received is that because you used Gareth, now this is a local marketing. Mm. Not only was it a fantastic message for them but it showed effort and again that's another massive thing in marketing if you can show effort has gone into winning a piece of business yeah. then that nine times out of ten is what a customer needs to want to see they want to see that you've been there even you know and that's whether you go and 
if you were to shrek halfway across from here to Hull, for example, to a customer you wanted to work with just to drop off some chocolates or whatever it might be, you know, or some donuts for the team because you haven't spoken to them for a while. In many occasions, that can be the thing that, all right, okay, we need to use them again, or they appreciate that effort. Mm. Yeah, it's going the extra mile, and it sets you aside from your your competition. Because many businesses, uh, for want of a better word, they're too lazy or complacent. Correct, correct. And they think customers will stay with them, but if they don't value them and they don't show them that they value them, then they won't. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. And again, you talk about the spoken word part of, it, of marketing. I mean, it won't be that long ago. Maybe I think the adverts finished maybe a year ago. Uh, Nationwide were famously had for probably a good two years. You'll remember them, I'm sure. They had 20 poets um, from across the country, from Leeds to London, everywhere in between, uh, and Scotland, a bit higher than Leeds. Le the, the, the top of the country isn't Leeds, is it, Gareth? Um, <laughs> I should know. I've done the London to John O'Groats. It's a lot probably higher than Leeds. Um and they uh, they showed very well, I guess, how in 30 seconds, which costs a lot of money, as we all know on TV advertising, how to say something about ISIS, how to say something about saving, how to say something about pensions. And they chose different poets and different voices to say in in, in lyrical form. Uh, and they're not the only one. Coca-Cola, there's an advert on at the minute um, for a pensions company. Aldi have used it in the past. Only did I see this week on a bit some packaging for Warburton's, the basic, and you know, you'd blame them not for saying this, we wanted you to know we're the UK's number one crumpet and we didn't want to blow our own trumpet. That's what they've got on the back of their thing. Yeah. You know, crumpet, trumpet, it means made in heaven, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but again, someone in their marketing office thought, well, yeah, let's use it. It's it's mm. that little couplet that, that the, works. No, I, I remember those adverts for Nationwide. Um, obviously, I, I remember uh, Warburton's using them and I've not seen the was it Aldi, you said, or Lidl. Uh, I did say Aldi, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They've got them with the with the carrot. The, is it Kevin the carrot? Uh, I know the character, and I remember the Christmas yeah. ad, but I've not seen the, the the poetry one that you mentioned. But I do remember the nationwide ones, and I always found them a little bit disingenuous because mm -hmm. they were talking about how much they're on your side, they're with you, you're not alone, they care about you. But I'm thinking banks, they don't really. So. I didn't think they, they work from their perspective because it's almost like they're lying. Yeah. But other I brands I can see it being perfect for. What, what, what's your, your view on that? No, I'll tell you, only yesterday with the Nationwide in the news, actually, um, I, I, I agree that that was most of most people's view, actually. That A, it was poetry that I'm going to turn off anyway, and secondly, it's a bank. But actually, if you look at what the Nationwide actually stands for, firstly, it's a building society, not a bank. So there is a difference, and I don't want to be splitting hairs. But really, fundamentally, they're the only building society or bank, if you want to call them on an umbrella term, to actually commit till 2025 to keeping their branches open when so many other ones are closing. Nice. Now, I must admit, I, I haven't got a, a nationwide um, account, but and I should have. I actually berate myself because I've learned so much from, I think, those adverts, really. I, I really, really do because I took it to heart a little bit by listening to them and rewinding them and thinking, okay, what's, what, what's they said there, what they've done there? More than most people would, I get that. Mm. Um, totally get that. But actually, on the backdrop of what their culture's about, they really do, you know, that was only yesterday in the news mm. where it was picked up that they're, you know, when, when so many other branches are closing. So, you know, um, that's not going to try, try and change your mind, Darren, but it's just <laughs> a matter of understanding what where they come from, I think. And, yeah. No, I, I have a nationwide account. I've, I've got a card around here somewhere as well. I've got a card. Oh, well, you'd know better than me then. But I, yeah. I do have a nationwide account. Um, I, I, I just thought, I mean, you, you, you've corrected me on there. I just naturally thought that 
banks giving that we're with you, we care, just seemed a little bit of a miss to me because typically banks don't. Um, yes. yes. If nationwide are different, then I can see how they're doing it. Lloyd's do something similar with their all their horses oh. running, the, the the black horse thing, and about are they with you throughout your whole life and they're always there when you need you. I've got a Lloyd's account and they're not always there when no. you need them. It, no. And now there's that black horse. That black horse is definitely <laughs> not there. No. I've had issues with Lloyd's before. I'm still with them because it's such a ball ache to change a bank account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the only reason yeah. people don't change. It's such a hassle. Um but they're not the worst business account. We use Santander. They are fucking dreadful. <laughs> Appalling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I won't go and on you're to right, the brand. You, you go back to brands. I mean it's a good point. You know, clearly using your uh, BNI uh, um, knowledge here for you, as you know, you know, you've got these um, spheres of influence, haven't you, I guess, and mm. where, where your product is most likely to, to, which audience is most likely to perhaps appreciate it, uh, which, which goes even further to say, how did it work in a car garage? You know, I, I basically, just going back to that example for a minute to perhaps make this point even stronger. I walked in, I was buying a car. He didn't know what I did. I was halfway through the finance agreement with him. You know, what did you do, by the way? So I, I said, oh, expecting thinking i haven't really got time for this he doesn't want to hear it that's what assumption did to you yeah. so oh, i write pieces of lyrical marketing for people and i mentioned i've done stuff with the bbc and hs2 as i have and he's, he just pricked up straight away so how much that cost he was at a point in his business where he just wanted something a lick just something that was going to be different to put aside and he said right no problem told him what i charge he said right get it he, he had a quick pitch chat with him i understood his business almost straight away because i understand like you do what they're fighting against yeah. you know it's the frustration of of, you know, the, of, of, of thinking about what a a, a, uh, a garage a second-hand garage if you like he's gonna he's gonna do to you and all these stereotypes that you have in your mind it was quite easy to just write against that and think okay how can we be different um and just look look to be different look to, look to stand out um so yeah it's i mean the hs2 one was a really interesting one i mean i wrote a poem called um we owe it all to yorkshire's joseph Locke." which was basically a poem about how when crew was being developed and this guy, Joseph Locke uh, from Yorkshire, unsurprisingly, was basically the guy who with a shovel said, right guys, we're putting it here. By it, he meant, you know, the railway line from London. And it was like, you know, and this was, this was um, make crew existential, as I say in the poem. Um, and that was picked up by HS2. So I filmed it myself uh, initially. They saw it. They got sent to them somehow, got shared. The head of marketing contacted me and said, we really love what you're doing there about HS2. It had been confirmed, you see. That's why I wrote the poem. That was the impetus. HS2 had been confirmed. It's got royal assent. It was coming to crew. So um, I know that's still in the pipeline. And, you know, it's a much maligned civil project, isn't it? So we'll see if it happens. But nevertheless, they, they, they saw it, loved it. They contacted me, said, look, could we send our film crew up from London? Could we film it properly? Um yeah, it looks like something off the one show now. They did a really good job, put some great graphics on it and, you know, put their HS2 logo branding on it. And, and, and really, from there on, it's been one of the key, you know, pieces of material and literature that really gives me some uh, kudos, I guess. Mm. Work with, I feel so, so lucky to work with so many from the NHS, the BBC, as I've said before, Cheshire's Council, Reese College, loads of different places of... of, of um, you know, of real standing in their in their field, if you like, you know, in, in their area of expertise that 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 any age web, of course, you know, marketing agency. Of course, also drop, dropping age web in there. Yeah. Of course, we must, we must. But it's, it's true, isn't it? You know, everyone I write for in their own way has got people they know who might want to follow 
in the footsteps and write something. Um, and that's what's been really interesting. And I think if I can move on to just talk about some of the stuff with the dementia um, work I do. Do you have any other questions that you'd like to no, ask? No, no, you, you, you go on to dementia. I don't want you to forget about it. No, thank you. Thank you. That's the kind <laughs> of comedy you're going to get from me. <laughs> if I don't forget, I won't remember. Um, that's the kind of comedy you'd get from me. I, um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to bump into a lady called Dawn Clark. Um, who is a lovely lady based over in Nantwich who runs uh, the Thursday Club, uh, which is basically where they get a number of, of local people in Nantwich to um, talk about, well, to have tea and coffee and, 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 and the dunk biscuits and just meat, really, for people who sadly have got different stages of dementia. And she brought me into for an activity club that they had. Where I was initially just reading some poems from the book. Long story short, that moved into what we now call, or what I call, a memory capture project, where we sat down with all these lovely people an hour and a half, got the same biscuits, the same brew, and dunked and dicked and dived the misquote dodgeball. And we spoke about um, their lives, basically. <laughs> spoke about their lives. It's not often dodgeball gets mentioned. <laughs> no, no, no. Quite right. Classic film, though. Um, and we talk about their lives. We talk about their childhood, their schools. And then I took all their lovely memories away, captured those memories, took them away, and then created a poem that's called uh, Behind These Eyes was the first one. Which was really a very sensitive, you know, poem about what what you see when you see someone with dementia is often not who that person is or was. You know, what is behind those eyes, as the name perhaps suggests, is is, is quite a powerful poem. And um, you know, I read, went to read that to the group, and you know, there's quite a few people who were, you know, moved by it in many respects because they live it. They, you know, partners of people with it, the carers of, of the people who perhaps suffer with that disease, and. So that then led me on to now working with franchises like Rights at Home and a few others I'm talking to in Liverpool, in Preston, where I'm doing these uh, memory capture projects in the same light, you know, sitting down with people, moved on to an online version now. Michael Roberts, you mentioned him earlier on, or I did, um, and he's helped me film a version of this online so I can do it with, you know, people when they're not here, if they're in another country, another part of, you know, another part of the world. Um, which has then moved on finally to, to another website that I'm just creating this life and legacy poems where I write for people personally where they may have lost somebody but want to say something about them and write this similar kind of, you know, yeah, wrap up their life and legacy in a poem and, and deliver that with a little lovely piece of illustration, you know, illustrated artwork, and then for them to do what they will with, really hang up, put up where they want, share it with people. Um and that again is is a really lovely part of you know using what I can do to 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 affect. It's not just the marketing side, as you say before. I suppose the the life and legacy poems is, and again, notice I say poems. It's a different market there. You know, yeah. lyrical marketing is clearly not what it's about there. It's it's a piece of poetry which they want written, um, and it's got its own audience, as you can see. So, I was only two weeks ago, I was up in Blackpool with a children's charity, and. You know, fantastic work they do locally to you, actually, around Ellesmere Port, Amy and Friends, um, with people from around the world, about there from America, right down to New Zealand, with children who uh, um, have got um, what's called TTC or uh, cocaine disease. So it's a sad, a sad story for many children, actually. Not not many of them do, do live past the age of 12, which is, which, you know, it's awfully sad, awfully sad, to say the least. I was... So I was there in, Chest in, in, in Blackpool with them a few weeks back and, and wrote a poem about the event and, and how to encapsulate that event. And then also um, 
we're working with them now. I'm working with them to get some grant funding so that they can offer these life legacy poems, which is a lovely thought to parents, you know, um, at whatever point they see is relevant to them, you know, mm. to, to try and, um, yeah, remember people or, or just to put something in, in words that might be more relevant to them. So, so again, that's, that's another tone, another element of the, of the writing, if you like, that, that's a lot more human, a lot more sensitive, uh, and another element of, um, of the complexity, if you like, and, and the diversity of, of the writing style, you know. Mm. I, I love that phrase you use, memory capture. Mm. I love that phrase because my, my, my mother had dementia and mm. for I think the last eight to ten years of her life she was pretty much non-responsive and didn't really know anybody or anything and it, and it does make you think because I, I remember her obviously when I was younger and she did everything for us and all of that experience and all of the memories that she had we don't even know if they were still there we, it, it it's gone in effect no no that's right that's right it's it's an awful disease as you know them firsthand and so it's, it's a real privilege it really is you know to spend some time in, in the room with the with, with the people who are the carers to try and have a really special time i was in preston a few weeks back with the right at home team and um there was a lady there who was very severely you know in the late later stages of that disease and um her husband was, was next to her reciting a lot of the stuff and I was the stories you get out of these people is unbelievable. This lady worked for Fox's Biscuits and was in the baking team that came up basically with it wasn't the bourbon, but it was one of the ones that I it was um or the like a custard cream basically, um and the the, the recipe is still the same today. You know, um it's it's unreal. It's unreal the types of different people and that where where they've lived and where they've who they've met. You know, rubbing shoulders with celebrities or the works in secret service some of them it's unreal you know and only really just scratching the surface of them you know um and it's lovely to take those memories and i talk about often in poetry whether it's business or personal particularly with the personal that that in many respects i might be holding the pen but they're moving it which in itself is a lovely poetic statement of how the process actually works you know it's it's being moved to write that stuff in a in a, in a way that, that is relevant to them and um so it's lovely to do that. It's it's real honour. What what does it mean to you to be able to do that? Well, it's it is it's massive. I, you know, I talk in the, some of the literature to do with that. It's it's just it's just such a lovely, beautiful time to spend with people. You know, we talk often about don't we about um, being present in the moment, and you can't help to be present when you sat around a table for an hour and a half, two hours with with people that are telling you these well, literally life stories. You know, you t how often do you get the the time? To listen to someone talk about, you know, even though an hour and a half isn't long, I know, but to understand who they are, what they're about, where they've worked, you know, when I'm a stranger, when all said and done, and and and, and to create something that ultimately they're really pleased with and, and you know proud to, you know, proud to have had. So, um, yeah, it, it is. It's it's wonderful. It really gives a good balance to my own life, I guess. You know, knowing that that. I'm able to do that. And the, the things that people say about it when I do, you know, having talent, the time, the skill, you know, to, um, to write it like that is, is, is unreal really. And it's, um, yeah, it's lovely. No, it, it does sound brilliant. It's, just wish somebody would able to, I've been able to do that for me when mm. I needed it many years mm. ago. Uh, no, no, quite right. And it's, there needs it's, to be more of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. I don't think much sure my wife would agree. 
Um, so yeah, that's, so, so it gives a good balance there, doesn't it, of the of the different types, the audiences, the different styles of either poetry or lyrical marketing in that you know spoken word in the middle somewhere. And it's just understanding. There's no right or wrong. You know, some people will ring me because they want poem writing for their business. Some people will ring me because they want a piece of lyrical marketing for their business. It's the same, you know. Um, I'm trying to think that just for you to make it relevant, I guess. I mean, websites obviously are so synonymous with what you do. It's no one ever rings you up and says, can I have a, a movable screen for me or whatever? You know, I can't even think now what you would call a website other than a website. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, an, an online presence. Um, uh... It's just so synonymous so, that you want to say what you do. Digital store, yeah. A digital store. Well, there you go. Yeah, there are examples, aren't there? Hmm. But ultimately, you know it's what they mean, and you just get a new. Oh, you mean a website, you know, and you get you get to it. Um, Some people say web page because okay. they think it's one thing. Ah, they there you tend go. to be over sixty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, and I know that we discussed this lovely um, idea as well, um, which I will be coming back to you on, by the way. Mm. Of the QR poetry, yes, which I'm now moving forward. I've got a meeting with Cheshire East uh, later this month. I'm, I'm in conversations with Delamere Forest as well about QR poetry, which, dead simply as the name suggests, is 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 putting QR codes on on gates, on uh, on walls, on various trails and tracks. You know, thinking of uh, of, of Delamere Forest, for example, or town centre. You know, uh, to tell a story like chapters. You know, and create something that's. Um, been filmed or maybe been written by me obviously but but been filmed by people in the community so that when you you know scan this code it's mary a dinner lady let's say who'd, who'd read out a line or three of this poem that talks about whatever it might be in that town so that's a really interesting development and how again this art form again of poetry in that case um with story building that you know it, it's all about a story and again there's so many things it's just three people the audience of this is me as you and there's people listening and everyone listening to these podcasts that you create are all understanding that how can they take the fantastic insight you have the brilliant creative websites that you create about telling their story and you know this lyrical marketing is no other it's the same route it's the same thing i'm trying to tell their audience about their business in a different way quirky way a funny way a sensitive way a whatever you know we talk about that at the, at the, at the outset but just say it in a different form and in a different way. It just kind of compounds the the watchability. Wow, they're saying that about that business in this style, mm. you know. So, and that's what I find really um, unique about it. And and I'm really I see just at the very start of of where I can be. I've already got so many so grateful to work with so many different types of businesses. I've already mentioned and organisations that it's, it's 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 great. You know, it really is great. And once I start to get a bit more prevalent i guess and more people perhaps even listen to this um don't sound so surprised gareth of course millions of people listen to this um the joe rogan of, of ellesmere port <laughs> <laughs> is that an association you want um well the joe rogan's okay it's the ellesmere port i'm not keen on oh um, but... <laughs> quite <laughs> West Cheshire, I think we would. Uh, West Chester, we were described on the uh, on the news recently. I think it was. Oh, okay. We'll go with that then. Sorry, you can. Chester. Yeah, we can dub that bit out. You're okay. The Joe Rogan of West Chester. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Got a certain ring to it, hasn't it? Mm. Yes. Um, it, it's interesting what you, what you mentioned about storytelling there, because that that really is the be all and end all of of, of humanity. I think, because we all. 
all humans want to hear stories. You know, whether you're a child listening to your parents read a bedtime story, whether you watch Netflix or Amazon Prime, you're watching it for the stories, you read books for the stories. One of the very first things that humans did when they learned to communicate, to speak or to draw, was to tell stories. So you're essentially telling the stories of businesses, the stories of people's lives, which is what engages other people to make them want to listen or to make them want to do to do business with them. It's all storytelling. Quite, right. quite right. No, quite right. And that could have led with that, really, because it's so it's so important to the work. And I talk about it often enough. Um, why it's coming up about eight minutes before we end. I don't know. You have to play this the wrong way around, upside down and inside out. We, we'll cut my insight in earlier. Yeah. yeah, do that. Do that. But it is, you're right. I talk about, look, 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 I can tell your business story in 90 seconds, a, an element of your story, whatever that might want to be. Is it a history? So... Reeseed College, for example, I don't know if you know that, in Nantwich, you know, a very, very famous, really, in its own right, agricultural college, very successful with what it does, and 100 years in the making, really, of what they've been. So they had a celebration of that this year and wanted to tell that timeline story of where they started and where they are now. Um, you know, as I say, some of the businesses, it's more about a promotional level. It could be, right, what service have they got? Do they want to sell their £99 web package a month, for example, in a certain way that says, you know, about how, how, about how, that, how that works or, or whatever it could be, um, servicing the, um, a car garage or a, a, a garage in its own right, you know, different MOTs, the importance of MOTs. It can be anything. It's all about that story. It's all relevant, you know. Um, and there's a fantastic book, isn't it, by Donald Miller. I'm sure you've read it, you know, Story Brand. And it's so true what it says, you know, your, your business is a story and your McDonald's as a brand, it's got its own story, like it or hate it, love their food or hate their food. It's just, you know, it is a story, you know, it, it, it's, um, and every business is. Um, IBM, of course, um, an interesting one, you know, they were famed for saying that no one ever got fired for buying an IBM. Yeah, You'll know that. I know you will. And it's tr- that the story one. they're trying to tell, they're marketing, but the story they're trying to sell is, look, we are competent, we are confident. That, that you can rely on our product. And mm. it's, it's interesting. That one's kind of backfired, though. We use that as a, an example of why you shouldn't use a company that size. No one ever got yes. fired for hiring IBM. It's because it's the safe option. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not an inspired option. It's not gonna. It's not going to ch- change the world. It's not going to make you millions, but it's just the safe option. If you want yeah. the safe option, then use IBM. Yeah, yeah. If you want to transcend and beat your competition then you have to take a chance mm, yeah yeah no that's that's right that's right that's key isn't it and again it goes back to that doesn't it have you thought of another angle to promote mm. your business another way of doing that you know and, and trying to talk on this little leaflet let's discover your story let's tell your story let's live your story and that's mm. the point you know it's, it's on the thing right in front of me it's about connecting with the audience through that power of storytelling um whether that be a really interesting post about a nokia which is great it's it, it captured the imagination of that whatever you were trying to say at that time, but it was the story that people are left with in that example. Are you know what he's got a really good point? Of course he's joking. It could be left in the drawer for twenty years and still have seventy percent when an iPhone dies in seven hours. <laughs> you know, so everyone gets it totally without an explanation of what he's trying to say, um, and, and and works on reminiscence really, doesn't it? it talks about memory of wow, I remember when I had one of them. You know, which is why storytelling and memory has perhaps we've come to some kind of conclusion is really important in any, in, in any walk of life, whether it be personal or business, you know, um, it's trying to understand how you can use them. And and, and I know, you know, that, that my fresh lyrics, if you like, and using an, uh, an, an innovative way, easy for me to say, does um, 
does help engage an audience, and that's ultimately what most people want to get people to say. I saw that thing on your about your website. That was different. I saw that post of yours. That was different, wasn't it? I, I remember you for that. You know, <laughs> it, it does engage an audience. It, it is the literal term of engaging marketing, which is kind of what this podcast is meant to be about. Indeed, there you go. Most thought, of them it, go off at a tangent, but you've literally talked about engaging marketing. Exactly. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's it is key, though, isn't it? It really is. Any business listening to this, it's um, use me or don't use me, but lear- learn about how important that is in your business because it really is key, you know. And, and, and really, testament to yourself, you went about having the effort to hold this 14-year anniversary. It's so, told your customers and people who, who interact with you online about that, yeah, and, and, and I know that the, the poem that you were good, good enough to share talked about why the quirkiness of you actually choosing 14. I'm sure you'll have one when you're 15. You probably had it when you were 13 years as well. I get it, which shows great. But, but coming into you and knowing you recently, um, that 14 year was a really interesting, quirky way of thinking. Wow, it, it, it transcends even more to think. Right, that they, they are celebrating 14 years. It's quite funny in many respects, isn't it? You know, it's got a quirk to it. You know, a twist. And I talk about that a lot as well. Adding a twist to your marketing. Hmm. Um, I think as as a final point, because we we are we are just about we are, run, we are just about running out of time. Um, and you've mentioned people working with you there. So if anyone is listening to this and they want to work with you, whether that's for lyrical marketing or for the charity work that you do, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Um, fantastic. Yes. So I'm available on rhymology.co.uk. So that's r h y m e o l o g y .co.uk. You can email me gareth at rhymology.co.uk. Um, website, as I say, I'm on Facebook, YouTube. Um, yeah, get older, me. Get older, me. I say on the back of this card, card here. Here's my number, so call me maybe. Just an example of a <laughs> uh, another lyric from a song. If anyone knows the the, the artist, then the first to let Darren know the artist that lyric. Here's my number, so call me maybe. I will give a free hour talking about how you can improve your storytelling, whether you use me or not. So the first, that'll prove if anyone listens to this podcast. There you go. You'll have to put that in the link. Here's my number, so call me maybe. So, yes, anybody that knows who that was, and and I know who that was, so I nearly answered it then. Um, I'm sad that I know that one. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, anyone who knows what that is, uh, if you contact Gareth and let him know the answer to that, and if you are the first person uh, to send him that, then you will get a free hour, a free hour of Gareth. Free hour, or 60 minutes, whatever they prefer. Or 60 to, minutes, yeah, which, whichever's the greater. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, Gareth. I have absolutely enjoyed this. Um, time has flown by w- w- once again, uh, as it always does when speaking with you. Always does. Um, you. So appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you, Darren. And uh, speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers.